You're listening to the Eat Sleep Blog Repeat Podcast, brought to you by the North Carolina Blogger Network. Find us online at ncbloggernetwork.com. Well, hello, bloggers. We want to give you a quick update on what you can expect coming up on next week's podcast. You can look forward to us interviewing Jenny Russell Melrose, owner of the Melrose family and Jenny Melrose. You may know Jenny as a very popular family and lifestyle blogger. But what you may not know is that Jenny also shares her vast knowledge of how to effectively work with brands and strategically launch products over at JennyMelrose.com. Now, Jenny has multiple online courses as well as a membership site for influencers like you looking to grow their businesses. And very soon, coming up in February, Jenny is going to be relaunching her Pitch Perfect Pro course. And this course teaches you as a blogger how to work with and pitch brands directly. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up next week. In today's episode of Eat Sleep Blog Repeat, we're going to be covering essential blog photography tips. You know, a picture is worth a thousand words. We've all heard that one before. But photos can evoke emotion in your readers that simple words sometimes cannot. Now more than ever before, bloggers have more resources than ever to create images to tell their story in a matter of seconds. So we're going to be talking about some of those resources and giving you some essential blog photography tips in today's episode. So pull up your chair, get comfortable, grab your favorite beverage, and let's go. Good evening, everyone. It is Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, and that means that Blogging 411 is here again. And my name is Nicole Murphy, and I am the co-founder of NC Blogger Network, and you can find us at ncbloggernetwork.com. It is the new home for the Blogger 411 show. Um, And I would like to introduce my fellow co-hosts, and then we're going to introduce our special guest for the evening, But as you know, if you are a watcher of the show, we always go in alphabetical order so that everybody knows when to talk. So that means that Allison Carter, you are up. Hello. Happy Wednesday. I am Allison Carter. I am also a co-founder of the North Carolina Blogger Network, brand new. I also am a content strategist and social media marketer, as well as a writer. And I am Randy Brown. I am a blogger and a webmaster. I've been a webmaster since 2006, and I am the owner of iHelpers.net, where we can get you online quickly and inexpensively with your new website. And I am Tamara, and I am a blogger and a professional photographer in Western Massachusetts, and I have two young kids. Well, I'm so glad to meet everyone. And Tamara, thank you again for joining us tonight. Um, I'm really, really, really excited to hear about all the tips that you have for us because tonight's topic is blog photography. And to pretend that we could talk about blog photography in within 30 minutes is kind of a joke. But we're going to try and get a good overview and send people to some really solid links 
where they can do some research for themselves. Sure. But why don't we go ahead and start with you, Tamara, um, and talk about your big article um, that you have that you are so famous for. And give us give us some tips. Like, what are the first things that you say when somebody comes to you and says, "Oh my gosh, I need some tips on blog photography." <laughs> I say, "Hire me." <laughs> That's an excellent, excellent answer. You're brilliant. Um, well, using a, a good camera, or most importantly, is knowing what you're doing with the camera you're using. And that is that can include an iPhone. And uh, which uh, article, by the way, did you mean that I'm famous for? Not that I have so many out there. <laughs> Allison, um, I love the one that you did for BlogHer, where you were helping bloggers who needed to pull stock photos. So yeah. you know, I've gotten into a really good habit right now, or bad habit, either way, of just <laughs> using my cell phone camera for everything. And then when I sit down to write a post. I'll, you know, my cell phone camera automatically uploads to my Google Drive, so when I sit down on my computer, my photos, for better or for worse, are all there, but sometimes I'm writing an article and I want a photo to go with it, because I think everybody needs to be aware that photos matter. If you are a blogger, do not run a post without a photo. Like, just don't. Um, so that leaves us with the whole question of, okay, I don't have one that I've gotten off my cell phone. I don't have a fancy camera. So now what do I do because I need an image? I just think it's funny because I used to write just words. And I'm a photographer. And my, and my blog is called Tamara Like Camera. And I even had to learn that over the past few years. And I would just have, you know, long 10 paragraphs in a row without photos. But I think I'm probably spoiled because I have a library full of thousands and thousands of photos. And I won't use other people's photography unless it's of me and it goes with my story. But I, I, I think I'm just lucky. So I wrote that article to just to tell people, you know, here's eight, eight ways to get photos. And I know that a lot of people use stock photography sites. Uh, I don't, but I, I have, I think I have a, a big list of them that I can pull up. And the thing is, there's free ones and then there's paid ones. And then uh, I actually use Canva on occasion, and I have even paid for other people's photography, believe it or not. So, Tamara, can you let people know what happens or what's the what could possibly go wrong if I just go on Google and do a Google search and grab, cop, download and copy and paste somebody's photo. What's wrong with that? Why can't we just well, do that? A photographer or just anybody who has a photo, who owns the rights to a photo, can actually do a search where they can find where their stuff is being used. So you might even think you can't get caught doing it, but somebody can find you and they can ask you to take it down or, or worse. And this has actually never happened to me, obviously, because I only use my own. Tell us about the or worse. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know much about the, the, the legal part of it, of what happens. Well, I'll fill you in. Uh, first, they send you a, <laughs> first, they ask you nicely to take it down. Yes. If you ignore that, then they'll send you a, a cease and desist. And if you ignore that, uh, then basically they can sue you and it gets really ugly. So the, the bottom line is, yeah, you don't want to use other people's photography, other people's work without their permission. And, it, and it's, just, it's better just, to use your own. 
I'll just throw in, too, like, especially if your images are going to be pinned, which is also something to think about. You know, Tamara just said you don't think you're going to get caught, but you will. If you get pinned, I don't know about you guys, but, I like, just yesterday I think I got an email from Pinterest that said, due to image issues, we had to remove this pin that you had pinned. Don't worry, it's not your pin, but, you know, something that somebody else had created that you had on your board because one of the photos that was used to create the pin was not authorized and copyrighted, and so they had to remove the entire image. So it matters. That's actually happened to me. Not, not again. It was the it's not you, but this pin has been removed. Well, so I think one of the important things to to know when you are blogging is that if it doesn't matter if you knew what the rules were and if you knew if that photo could be used or not. Um, you have to do your own research because not knowing or not understanding the law completely does not exclude you from being con being getting getting in trouble. And some people aren't nice enough to just ask first. Mm -hmm. If they've been burned more than once, um, I heard a horrible story about somebody that just they they skipped the first two steps and they just got um, sued. And it was it was horrible for this poor you know blogger that and she didn't know what was going on, um, so not knowing <laughs> is not an excuse. And we did um, over on Google Plus we did share a really nice infographic of how to figure out if you can use a photo or not if you're going that route. So step one is it yours? No, yes. you can't use it. Step two, yes, you can use it. Right? <laughs> So one of the things that I do to gather photos, because I'm not a professional photographer, and really I do the whole like spray and pray with photos, and if I've, you know, focused on the right thing, like one out of ten show up nicely. Um, I've tried to get in the habit of when I am places, just taking pictures of everything around me. <laughs> and then I, like I even when I was traveling, I was like, can I take a picture of this outlet? Because there were a whole bunch of charger chargers uh, plugged into it, and everyone's like, sure, and they move their feet. Um, but just, you know, taking pictures of flowers and, you know, kids playing and all that kind of stuff. Not other people's kids, but, like, you know, your kids or, you know, shoes so that you can't tell who it is. Um, but just trying to do that has helped my library. Um, but one of the questions that I had, and this is something, I have a blog called Mom Complicated, and I run it with my sister, and one of the issues that she came up to me um, recently was that she said, she's like, I wrote this post and I made a, an, a picture for it. She's like, but I don't feel like it matches the post. And so I know that I think other people have had that issue. How do you try, like, do you have a process of, you know, writing a post and then trying to find a picture? Or do you find a picture and that reminds you? of something and then you write a post, like how does that creative process work for you? It's actually both. I think nine times out of ten the words come first. And then what I do is I sit and I look um, through through photos that make me feel things that the writing makes me feel. Mm -hmm. But another thing as a photographer and a writer, I will often, if I'm a little stuck or if I something I experience something that I took pictures of, that is my prompt. So yeah. then the pictures become the post, and then I write around it. But I'd say mostly I write first, which is very interesting because then you have to sort of find photos that make you feel that way. And I don't know if mine are, 
incredible matches to other people. I've been told that they are. <laughs> like somebody, I've, I've been asked what you're asking me. Somebody says, you know, do you just happen to have a photo for every mood? And I say, well, probably, but I don't think I search for very long. If I write a post and it's about, you know, my two-year-old being crazy, I will very easily find a photo of him being crazy. I mean, I just, it takes me 30 seconds to do that. <laughs> if you guys have never been to her blog before, you've got to check it out. She has gorgeous, gorgeous photos. I mean, just beautiful photos. And I, I, I'm, I'm inspired by how beautiful the photos are, quite frankly. Oh, thank you. Um, but every now and then, I don't have what I'm looking for. And that, it really does happen. And that I'll, I might team up with another photographer who's local. Or if it's something like I needed pictures of pumpkins this week and where you can't find them right now. And so I went to Canva and that is a very good site where I paid a whole dollar for a pumpkin photo. <laughs> and it, I love it. it was beautiful. But um, no, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I, I was going to say that Canva is, I don't know if they're the number one choice, but when I was doing the article, I think I had a list of about 15 to 20 websites of free and paid, and some of them are both. And I mean, I, all of my blogging friends have gorgeous photos on their pages, and they all have their sources that they swear by. Like I, I have a friend who only puts pictures of stormtroopers from Star Wars, and there is a stock photo site that provides one for him three times a week. <laughs> and I, I, I think I, I think it's called something like point pin or something like that, which I, I'll have to get for you. But so Canva, yeah, Canva is a great program. Um, it, it requires, I feel like it has a little bit of a learning curve to it, yeah. but once you kind of figure out what that learning curve is, you can really do a whole lot in there. Um, Pick Monkey is something that we've mentioned oh, on this program okay. before. Yeah, and that's that's really easy for people to kind of get in there um, mm -hmm. and, and really manipulate without having a lot of photo knowledge or, you know, having to learn a program. It's just on the Internet. You upload your picture into the browser, and you can manipulate it from there, which I tend to use PicMonkey a lot because it's quick when I have a picture that I'm generally okay with, um, but I need to have it watermarked. And, you know, bloggers, I think one of the things you have to understand is because people do tend to rip pictures and right-click save as, it's really important, I feel, and I've noticed Tamara does this too, every single image you have, make sure that your name or your logo or something identifiable to you is on there. And I think that that can help protect you a little bit. So popping that picture into PicMonkey and writing text really quickly on the bottom of it can be a really really smooth and easy way to then do that watermarking, I guess, it is, Tamara. I don't yeah. know if there's a better way to do it or... Watermarking? I, well, it's funny because people say it's, it's pointless because people can still try to delete it, but I still think you should be watermarking all of your images. And PicMonkey is a great way to do it. And one thing I always forget is that bloggers are not necessarily professional photographers. So I have, you know, Adobe Creative Suites. I have Adobe Lightroom. I have a, a designer that I hire who does my logos and my watermarks. So I, re I realized that if I were to try to explain how I watermark, that it's not the best way for, for a beginner to do. And I think PicMonkey is a great one. And I've actually tried it just to make sure that even I could do it, and I could. 
<laughs> I'm not actually as tech savvy as I could be. Like writing is something I've studied and photography is something I've studied and blogging is like I'm learning a lot every day. And I'm learning from people who don't have the technical software I have who just say, no, we don't have Lightroom. We don't, you know, we don't have an $800 Adobe software either. <laughs> so speaking of that, so Tamara, now we talked about this a little bit before because uh, I help people speed up their websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one issue that I run into is that a person takes their picture from their phone or a, a nice camera and they've got this great 3200 by 5800 five megabyte photo and they upload that into their blog and then they've got the slowest blog in the world. Yeah. So I always I always tell them to resize it and compress it and lossless compression and, and you know to, to squeeze it down as much as possible. What do you do for you know when you from between the camera and your web page, what if anything do you do for, you know to, to size it and, and and make it lighter, I guess. And what do you recommend maybe for a, a newbie that doesn't do it if you do it a complicated way. Maybe what's an well, easier way? It's it's not necessarily complicated, but I don't know. It might be something that costs money. What I do, and what I do is, I mean, I have very high res photos. I I shoot raw, and so what I do is I put them into three different places on my computer: one into Lightroom, two onto my hard drive, and three into a professional SmugMug account. And so SmugMug does the work for me. It had it. What it does is it's. Sorry, I have a mosquito in front of me. It has, <laughs> but it. What I do is it has a setting where you could embed the code based on the size you want it to be, and so it'll look beautiful. But it, it doesn't necessarily work for every website. Like I had my designer say, I need very very wide photographs, and so I do a large one. But when I'm doing a guest post for somebody else, I'll use a medium photo. So I think I think mine must be huge, because it doesn't work on other people's blogs. It just looks gigantic. So you embed it, you upload it to SmugMug, and then you just use that embed code, so it's yeah. actually over at SmugMug. I open SmugMug and it'll say share, and I get the link for sharing onto a blog. I think it's called Gallery Links, okay. and then I'll I'll paste the code right into WordPress. All right, but now SmugMug's not free, is it? No, it can be. Um, we, I, do, I do pay for it. Okay, because you're a pro. Yeah, I have the professional account, so that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know what a free account does. I, I would imagine a free account would still have this capability because before I used SmugMug, I used PhotoBucket, mm-hmm. and it had uh, a way to do it for blogging. I don't know if any of you guys have used it, but no, it, it did see. a good job. I actually I used to PhotoBucket, and it didn't really... It, I don't think it at then at least didn't actually do the resizing. You could get a code for a different size, but it didn't actually resize it. But it, it did well. It didn't matter as much because it was loading from their website, which was generally fast instead of my own website. Um, so I, I guess that could also do the job pretty well. Yeah, I've been on Tamara's site, and you know, I, it, don't be confused by the lingo, folks who are watching. Like even though it says a gallery link, it's still appearing on your screen as it would anywhere else. So like you're scrolling through pictures that look static to you, but it's very fast, it's very quick, and I never have a problem with the load time on it. So it seems to be working. Well, I sometimes well, I'm check it out now. I'm going to run it through the yeah, tester. And you, you're probably it's probably going to be embarrassing, but <laughs> I, I sometimes will put 40 to 50 photos at once. And on one page or one post? On one post. Wow, I'm really going to check it. Because so, yeah. I would generally I would tell people not to do that 
perform yeah. just strictly performance wise because it's just it's just too much. So now yeah, gonna... this girl has all sorts of activities. She's got tons and tons of photos, tons and tons of comments, like, and everything works really well. Oh. I'm really glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I know um, one of the things that I was bugging you about the other day on Twitter is I decided that I was going to write a piece on my personal creative writing blog about a vacation that I just took and kind of share travel tips on that. And I just wanted to edit 10 photos, and I felt like the editing was taking me 15 years, mm -hmm. and it actually delayed my post a whole lot because just trying to do the edits. Is there a way for a, a blogger who wants to have professional-looking photos but isn't a professional to not spend 13 years editing photos like I was doing with my post? What software are you using? Honestly, I was in – so I had Photoshop Elements, which okay. – I am a Luddit when it comes to Adobe products. Nicole knows this. Randy knows this. If it's Adobe, I'm out. Like, I just, for some reason, I just have issues with it. So I was in there trying to do stuff with that, and I had, like, tried to download some actions. But then I was like, you know, maybe I'll just use PicMonkey. But even that, like, trying to get the look that I wanted and, like, to make the photos look nice seems to be taking a really long time. I just, there has to be a way to streamline this, right? Well, oh, yes. Unfortunately, a lot of it is experience, but you can do something called batch processing, which is where you're processing a large number of photos at once. And that's what a wedding photographer will do. And that's why I do that in Lightroom, where it's, you know, control and you're holding every photo down at once and then running the same actions on all of them, which can include resizing, adding contrast, um, and actually adding a watermark. And I can do you know, 10 at once, but that is a pretty lofty program. And in Photoshop, and I, I don't have elements. I have the full one, yeah, but don't I get, don't get elements. <laughs> well, I imagine it can do what I do is I'll take one photo. I, I, I do this a lot actually, and I'll make up my own actions. You know how to record one mm -hmm. where you at the very bottom of the screen, you do the set and that and the action, and then you run everything you need to run to the point of even saving and closing. And then you press stop, and then you hit play, and you do it with every photo after that. And that, that should cut down your time a lot. Hmm. But, you know, editing to get a professional look, it's, it's just you're going to get better and better at it. Um, one of the things, this is completely off topic, but if a blogger did want to invest in a program, I love going off topic. I don't even print the notes. It's terrible. Nicole, I love you so much. Thank you for the notes. Um, <laughs> If a blogger did want to invest in more, you know, uh, photo software technology, where would that money be best spent? If, you know, again, not trying to be a professional photographer, but just trying to, like, take the pictures to the next level to do more than what a Canva or a PicMonkey could do, what would you recommend as a good, like, starting platform software if you did want to invest? I feel like Photoshop Elements is wonderful. And, and also Lightroom, I... I think Lightroom is a lot more affordable too. And I know I actually have friends who are not photographers who are bloggers and they use Lightroom. And I think it was last Christmas it was on sale for something ridiculously cheap when you factor in that people use Adobe Creative Suites. I, I think it was $100, which sounds like a lot of money, but it isn't when you use photography software. Well, and it's not a lot of money when you spend six hours trying to do That's the one thing. Lightroom is amazing. I don't yeah. think you can really be a wedding photographer 
or a newborn photographer and not use it. And for my blog, I will batch process uh, a lot of photos at once. And again, it still takes a lot of time. Um, I wish I could tell you, no, it takes me three seconds. I mean, I, it's gotten to the point where I've actually outsourced and hired a, 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 somebody who only does Photoshop for a living. But that was for a job and not my blog. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one question job. for you. When I, I feel for new bloggers when they hear... Um, you're, you should alt tag or you should tag your yeah. photos so that you can find out if somebody has used them on the internet. And so I, I remember being a brand new blogger and going, um, what, how do you see before the end of the, um, half an hour so that people have a clue, even if we need to direct them to an, you know, an instructional article. Did you ask me a question? Cause you froze on my screen. Oh, man. And I could have been my computer, but I thought, I hope she's not asking me a question. It's awesome. I'll ask again. So Thank how you. do you alt tag or how do you tag your photos, and then how do you search for them on the Internet to see if anyone's used them? Or that, where that, you... that, that is a process that, I, that is a link that I don't have access to right now. Okay. I, mean, I, I, could, I could go get it, but it's not something like I've memorized. No, yeah. But the alt tagging is, again, is a new process for me. I just got... It's called Yoast SEO. It's a WordPress plot plugin. And then I got something called SEO Friendly Images. I highly recommend that plugin because it, it's, it actually says, you know, we do the work for you to make your images have the tags that they need. Ah, well, then I, so I've never complained. <laughs> but... And, so, and you haven't run into any issues then? By not. Using, not. Okay. And basically when I started using Yoast, it's called, and mm -hmm. I, I've, heard it's, I've heard from a lot of people that it is a program you cannot miss as a blogger. And so finally I said, okay, I'll try it. And it'll tell me how my SEO is, and it'll say, like, poor, okay, good. And sometimes it's a matter of the title of the photos I'm using have to match the title of the focus that you have to you have to put in focus tag of your whole post, mm -hmm. and then all of, I had maybe three photos. Like my the one I posted today was called Promise, which is based on a Tori Amos song. So then I had the Tori Amos video, and I had photos that I've taken that I've titled Promise. And the more I added, that the app actually was saying, good, <laughs> you know, this is what you did, and why, and this is why you're you're post is SEO friendly when it wasn't five minutes ago. <laughs> um, now, do I have a question for you. Do you usually just put one word in there into that plugin, or do you oh. try to put a couple? I've actually heard to use phrases and to be as specific as possible. To say, like, you know, if you, if you were going to say crying or you'd want baby crying, or, okay. like, if somebody was going to search for pictures of a baby crying, you, you would want to put baby crying. You wouldn't want to put baby or crying or sad because there's nothing more specific than saying baby crying. Right. <laughs> but that was the example that's I was That's what thinking. you're talking about, then that's what you should say. Got yeah. it. <laughs> that's awesome. But it's, it's, it's very specific. And when I, when I do my photography for clients, and I will say, if you're putting this on your own hard drive, if you're putting this on your own blog, if you're putting this wherever you're going to put this, rename them. Because I might be doing 100 photos at once, and, you know, you can't just name it 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 
you want to say, like, breastfeeding mother, or, like, which is an example of a photo shoot I did. It was very specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is. That's awesome. Well, we'll get, I'll grab that link from you, and we'll go ahead and put it in the, um, in the comments it's below. Very um, but, uh, and does anyone, um, so we've got just a couple of minutes, and I usually like to save the last couple of minutes of the show um, for any news that's going on, any personal news, any business news that's specific to um, all of our guests and our co-hosts. And so I was wondering if anybody has anything going on. I know a couple people do. I'm going to out you. <laughs> I'm still thinking photos. I'm still like, what can I do? And like... How do I stream? I'm like all with my my to do list now. I've got things to do. Oh no, you have another to do list. Uh, yeah, I'll share it with you. Um, the half hour doesn't even begin to cover what you know how much people want to know. So I want to. I mean, I could give you so many notes with specific websites. Well, <clears throat> if we could have you back on the show for more, we can break down the topics. And that I, would be fabulous. Yeah. And I could I could lock up my kids some more. <laughs> But, but but I also know, like I also think that bloggers need to be aware that you know, like we said, images are so super important and they really matter. And like if you want to go viral, which I guess everybody's striving to do, you have to pretty much you have to have an image. And then, but there's also a whole science between making your images Pinterest sticky. Yeah. You know, like some images do better on Pinterest than they do on other platforms. And if you go into PicMonkey, they actually have a collage laid out that they recommend for your Pinterest image based on what performs well in Pinterest. You know, certain colors, if you're going to watermark or if you're going to add a border or if you're going to add text, certain colors apparently do better on social media. I guess red is a really big Red is the one. I took, I took a Pinterest course, which is Perfect. a little fun at BlogU. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I, I learned so much. And it was about, a lot of it was photos, and I sit here and I think, oh, I'm spoiled, I don't have to listen to this, but I do, because it's about how to translate the art into all the tech stuff. And I think that for, I think the stock photography sites are really important, and I'd love to provide you with a list of them. Like, I know iStock Photo is one. And again, I, I don't use them because... It's like I don't put other people's photography on the walls of my house. It just feels funny. But I think I think that people are putting out beautiful photos, and that's where they're getting them from stock photography. And they're not paying very much, or they're free. They're, I think I have a, two columns of lists. One's free and one's not. But again, I was happy to pay a dollar for a pumpkin photo. Absolutely. Well, next week, we're super lucky. We have Cynthia Sanchez from Oh So Pinteresting visiting us, and she's going to be our guest. Sorry about barking. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> she's going to be talking everything about Pinterest. So, Allison, go ahead and give your <laughs> questions um, set so you can <laughs> next week. But thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Eat Sleep Blog Repeat Podcast. If you have questions about today's topic, call in. We'd love to hear from you.